Welcome one and welcome all the Team Blackberry fans out there. We're live with Berry Flow Upstream number 66. We're, we're, we're getting old, guys. I really don't know what to say about it. I'm here with an awesome cast. We may have another edition hopping on a little bit later, but I want to introduce Blaze, editor-in-chief over at Crackberry.com. How are you doing this evening, man? I'm uh, not doing too bad. I just rewatched the Doctor Who episode from last night, so I'm pretty good. <laughs> Excellent. How was it? Do you like it? It was pretty dope, man. Like it out of all of the season or season openers, I think it was probably one of the better ones that I've watched thus far. So, God, they keep up in the ante there. Yeah. And I'm, we're also here with a uh, flip four bites. <laughs> How you doing, bud? Did you did you did, ever get that your, your name on Crackberry changed or? Oh, dude, she totally ignored me. No, <laughs> she probably just haven't hasn't read it yet. I don't know. It's good. It'll take time. So. What, what are you gonna switch to? You gonna go back over to A Bass or? Yep, A Bass. Trying to, you know, you know how like uh, Crackberry Kevin dropped off the Crackberry bit to be more personal brand. It's kind of me trying to be more of a personal brand than this alias. Uh, for some reason, Chris loves his his alias. So, you know, some people are the opposite. Blaze is his alias. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no, Blaze, Blaze is him. Everybody always asks that, but in. You know, people always assume it is essentially for the wrong reasons. They just basically think that I'm, like, sitting around smoking weed all day long. But, oh. you know, the people who know me actually know yeah. that Blaze is my son's name. I just stuck a one in the middle just to, like, be silly so that I wasn't actually using his real name. But there you go. Yeah. That's not to say that I don't like some weed every now and then. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> full disclosure on you guys there. And yeah, we have to get another... Chris in the group as well. How you doing, Chris? I'm glad you made it on. How's it going, guys? Doing good. How are you? Oh, gosh. The Jags. <laughs> that Jaguar just stood out. Yeah. <laughs> What's the game like? Did it end yet? It ended. We won. We won? Whoa. Yes. Whoa. We yeah, I know. Dolphins? Whoa. <laughs> That's one. crazy. You gotta, you gotta start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, one and one. <laughs> well, I want us to get get right into this, guys. This was a pretty heavy week. And I know, uh, <laughs> I know we do have a lot to say on, on some of these topics, but let's start out talking first about an enterprise webcast central. This is a portal that BlackBerry created to basically centralize all of their webcasts. They've done a, quite a few of them. They just did one recently on Betis 12 and uh, Knox, kind of the integration there. Um, what do you guys think about this portal? Do you think this is something that's going to be a value add for them, or do you, do you think it's a little bit purposeless considering you know things like Inside BlackBerry and, and all those other venues already kind of exist? Do you think it's good to kind of have this in one central place? Well, I think any time that they go ahead and put stuff together so that you can actually direct people to, like, hey, if you want to go ahead and check this out, this is a good spot to do it. I don't know. It's kind of like one of those things, like, you know, on Crackberry and stuff like that, like you said, we always go ahead and we try and post up whatever whatever uh, webinars and webcasts that do come up. So it's like, it, it basically gives me a reason to be able to say, go ahead to this site and check out, you know, this webcast or this webinar. And, you know, people can actually go ahead and, and browse through any of the previous ones. At least that's the intention anyways. They don't, they don't really have too much set up there as of yet, but... You know, it, it's still one of the those things. It's, it's obviously it's nothing to nothing to flip our lids over. There's not you know anything really exciting about it, but it's still cool to have it in place. That way, you know, they're getting their getting their things together so people can follow along with what's happening. 
Yeah, I mean, the way to, like, view webinars and stuff in the past for BlackBerry, it's been very outdated. Even, like, joining the earnings call and things, it's a very kind of outdated system, and it, like, requires Flash and all this stuff. So it's, like, I, I think it's a good thing that they're moving forward, just improving their kind of online resources, because if, you know, Brandon was here, he's brought up so many points that, like, they really need to just improve just the content they have online. People looking for content, BlackBerry needs to help them you know, yeah. find it. So I think this is just a good move in that sense. Definitely agree with updating the, their delivery. So hopefully this will turn out good. Definitely more is more is better than less here, especially when it comes to getting information out there. So kudos to them. It is Enterprise Webcast Central, and you're going to be able to find all your BlackBerry webcasts there and all one organized place. Maybe we'll get something similar with our live events where they're all kind of in a consolidated place. It'd be cool to see you know, any of their live streams or anything all available in one central place as well because I literally go to CrackBerry to find those at this point <laughs> to really, really find the direct links for them. There was a very interesting article that came out um, on, I believe, uh, India Express, it was talking about some basically proof-of-concept IoT developments that BlackBerry's working on in terms of asset tracking, basically a, a small, secure box that you can t attach onto cargo, into things in transit. I thought this was really cool for some of the IoT implications that BlackBerry has going forward. What do you guys think about this asset tracking? It's kind of already been talked about, right? It's not necessarily news per se, but they're at least outlining it a little bit more and giving us some clarity. Do you guys think that this can be a, you know, a substantial part of BlackBerry's business moving forward? Well, I think it makes it, I mean, looking at that Indian Express article, they, they basically highlighted as, you know, this is like the next big thing for BlackBerry, but I don't know, it's probably a little bit too early to say that, considering we've been hearing about it for months, uh, you know, the BlackBerry Security Summit, and basically even when they launched Project ION, it was one of the, uh, the outlined things that they had in mind for Project ION when it was actually launched. So, you know, it, it's probably a little bit too early to be heaping any sort of genuine praise upon them for that thing as of yet, but at least now we know that they're, they're really working on it. Like, before it was kind of like something that they just said. And even when you look at the project, uh, project ION or the IoT website, you know they they don't necessarily lay out things that you can do with it. They lay out theoretical things that you can do with the 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 IoT platform. So, you know, at this point, it's a little bit, you know, probably a little bit too early to say exactly how well it's going to do for them, considering they're only now announcing that they're going to go into trials with it. But it's still one of those things that they're you know, obviously they're working on it at this point, and I think that's pretty much, pretty much, you know, a good thing to actually have out there because a lot of the, uh, I don't know if I want to say that, uh, a lot of the IoT stuff that we 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 see in the run of the day that comes up, and, and not necessarily from just BlackBerry. I mean, anybody in general. A lot of that IoT stuff sort of seems like vaporware at this point, you know. Everybody is talking about it, everybody has their own thoughts on it, and everybody is trying to, you know, say that their products are going to be among the best IoT products available, but none of this stuff is actually, like, really out there. It's only now just starting to, to move into some sort of situation where it's a reality and we're actually starting to see some of this stuff. So, 
you know, in the long term, I think it's good that BlackBerry is working on it. I think it's good that they have these these trials that are happening. Um, there's obviously some sort of business need there for it to be able to go ahead and reduce costs on businesses for tracking. Like even, you know, like I've heard heard stories about how much money like FedEx and UPS and stuff like that spend on gas. Like they're they're not even allowed to like go down certain roads because of how much gas it will actually utilize in the run of a day, stuff like that. So, you know, all of that asset tracking, all that stuff sounds really great, but it needs to actually get into market, you know what I mean? Like, if you're only entering trials in November for something that we've heard about since, I don't know, maybe even since, like, last year, like, the middle of last year, uh, that 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 seems like a little bit of a slow process to me. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, IoT in general is something that's going to take some time for people to even get used to, you know, what it is. And um, it, it's, like, coming out with a product too soon also. Like, Google Google Glass is an example of, like, something that came out. People just weren't ready for it yet. Maybe in five years that'll be a normal thing. But when it came out, it was, like, kind of weird. You need to wait for the market to get to a point where they're looking for the solution that you made. Um, or else they're going to have to educate the market. And imagine how much money it would cost to educate the market of IoT. That's going to have to take like all of the major companies putting resources in to educate the market of what IoT is. Um, but yeah, it, it, they definitely do need to actually get something out there. Um, but, you know, slow process. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's all rather nascent at this point. You know, as Chris said, it's just a little bit immature. And, and not necessarily because it's not fully in development, but because really the goals of IoT have not yet really been established. Everyone <laughs> yeah. yeah. wants to do a lot of stuff with it, but there's really no direct pathway. At least we kind of see where BlackBerry looks to, one, put their IP, put their time, put their development money, and also you have the platform and the data infrastructure to then move some of that information around. So we're starting to at least see a framework for what BlackBerry is capable of doing and, again, how they can leverage their security assets toward that end. I was pretty pleased to see it. You know, that BTS unit at BlackBerry, the business technology solutions, which is over patents, the IP, you know, Paratech, QNX, there's a lot of potential to start monetizing the heck out of that stuff, especially when, you know, some of the things that were elaborated on in that fireside chat. Uh, there was a Waterloo Innovation Summit quite recently, and John Chen was able to be there as BlackBerry sponsored the actual event. A lot of good information there. Alex, do you have that article up? I want to put it there for any of the readers and watchers right now so we can follow along. But there were some pretty powerful quotes there. John Chen's talking a lot about some of the different just security aspects that BlackBerry has and how they can really push those forward to, to be valuable for users. He seems to really understand at this point kind of what the customers are really looking for, for when it comes to security and privacy. And he, and he outlines it just very bluntly, I would say. Uh, some of the summarizations here is, is we have today about 44,000 patents. A good thing is that they're also some of the youngest patents in the entire industry. So monetization is obviously a big focus point for them. Chris, from this particular interview, what was something that you pulled that was uh, at least eye-opening for you or, or something that was a good takeaway? Uh, I don't know if there is anything essentially, well, yeah. There was one comment that he made that was was pretty eye-opening, and I don't know, maybe eye-opening isn't the word, but it, it struck me as interesting that he actually laid it out in such a way that he did, 
And that was the comment he made on the the basic success of BlackBerry 10 and his turnaround strategy at this point in time. He says, our only success right now is we saved the company from going away. This is our only, only success at this point. And, you know, we bounce back and forth about, you know, how good BlackBerry is doing in terms of, of their whole turnaround strategy and how bad they're doing in terms of their whole turnaround strategy and I think that was that was a, a key thing to actually go ahead and put out there because you know no matter how many times we bounce it back and forth that's the reality of the situation the only the only success that Blackberry has had right now is that the company still exists like you know like it, even John Chen himself said it previously, like BlackBerry 10 handsets haven't exactly, you know, been explosive. Um, you know, the the Bez uh, system still needs to, to basically turn some more profit for them. BBM isn't as profitable as what they initially thought that it would be, so there's still progress to make there. And I think that, that I think he was very real in laying out that comment. Um, uh, I I don't think there's any better way that he he could have could have put it. And even though it it does like depending on the individual listening or reading that comment, it could sound extremely negative or it could sound extremely positive. To me, it sounds extremely positive in the fact that he realizes the the reality of the situation. There's still you know a crap ton of work to be done at BlackBerry, and and you know the the company exists today, but. You know, there, there's still more work to be done to make it, to make it a brand that people actually love and recognize and and can trust once again to the point that they did, you know, years ago, like five, ten years ago. And what about you, Mr. Krevling? Did you did you end up taking a peek at that article and getting any interesting comments or quotes that at least got the wheels turning in the wheelhouse? Well, obviously, echoing what Chris said about the last comment that was posted on there about the success of the company, I did think it, I did think it was actually kind of cool that he actually stated that he would not drop handsets for two reasons, because it is the, the most way to have that end-to-end -end solution for security is to actually own the, the handsets and be that method of delivery. I, I, it was nice to see him go on record with that. Definitely. Good to, good to see at least some defense of that hardware business. Especially when, for BlackBerry 10 users, a lot of it's looking pretty bleak right now. You know, there's, there's really a lot of discontent with the strategy here going forward. And you know, we'll we'll be talking about that Android slider in just a bit here as we we cross the halfway mark on the cast. But John Chen established for me what was a good foundation of some of the things he he said. And with some of these quotes, I think one of them is cell phones are extremely emotional. And he goes on to say, you know, you probably sleep with your cell phone. I know I do. When I travel, I sleep with my cell phone more than my wife, which, haha, funny. But that first point that cell phones are extremely emotional, that is inherent, especially in the BlackBerry 10 fandom, for those diehard BlackBerry 10 users who, who are extremely emotional about the handset. So in, in, a, in a kind of passive, indirect way, he's acknowledged that I, I'm hearing my users, right? I get that you are very you know, emotionally connected with these devices and what they offer, but I need to make money, right? <laughs> the business yeah. isn't gonna, business isn't going to make money magically. I need to, you know, innovate and do different things and explore different venues. Another really key point for me was the the understanding that there's a difference in necessity between an enterprise and an individual. 
and that the enterprise is looking for security. They're looking to prevent against data breaches and things of that nature, whereas the consumer is more in, in tune with, you know, are my Snapchat, you know, nude selfies, are those going to be safe on my device? Is anyone going to get access to them? And really, really focused on privacy. And I think with that clearly lined out, you can then attack the market thusly, right? You know exactly what your customers need and want. Now how do I go give that to them? BlackBerry 10 wasn't necessarily giving them privacy because it wasn't even giving them the apps they needed, let alone the privacy stuff, you know? BB10 is a phenomenal operating system in terms of the end-to-end -end security layers, but without a Bez, you know, how secure is it? You know, if, if I allow an Android app, you know, false permissions on my device, I'm still going to have that data leakage. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do to help, you know, keep that privacy and security piece front and center for consumers. And, and I want to bring this question kind of around as we transition to a talk about the Venice guys, is... Is this BlackBerry Android device, is it secure? Is it secure enough? What really is going to make, make or break this for you as a consumer? Do you even care about security? I mean, uh, what, what values do you have? And, and really, when you pick up this Venice, is it solely because it's going to have the apps you want and the apps you may need? Because I was speaking with on a different podcast last night, and, and we really we discussed a point where even if BlackBerry 10 had every single app, it still probably wouldn't sell because they couldn't market it. They just never had the money to. So so for you guys, if you're going to pick up a Venice, what's the reasoning behind doing so? I want to hear Alex. I, I know Alex is a... I can't... <laughs> like, obviously, you know, security is, is a big thing for me, um, but contradictory to that, I, I am pretty... In, invested in Google services for work. Um, email, I have Google Apps for work. I use Google Drive, uh, Google Calendar. I rely so heavily on it, Google Analytics. Like literally everything I do with work is so reliant on Google. So if I said security was something that, that was the most important thing to me, that would be contradicting myself a little bit. But um, I guess one thing for the actual device that I'm looking forward to is I went from a Z10 to a Z30, and then I was really hoping to do the Passport thing. I had a Passport for a few weeks, and I loved it. I probably would have had it as my main device, um, but then I got rid of it, so went back to the Z30, so it's like I, I kind of wanted that keyboard, so having the slider be something that I can use as an all-touch device, I'll probably use it 80% of the time as the all-touch aspect of it, but the fact that I'll still have that keyboard there to be able to use it, that's really exciting to me. Um, I really just wanted them to release an all-touch device initially, but seeing how thin and small this is, well, how thin it is for having a full keyboard in it, I'm completely sold. I'm like, why would I not get the keyboard? You know, if I want to write a long email or if I want to, you know, play an emulator or a game, having the physical keys there makes it so much better. So I'm, I really am actually just excited about the physical phone, you know, Android aside, and of course being able to use apps is a great thing. Um, I have faith that BlackBerry, when they say they secured it, they didn't half-ass it. Um, so I, I feel confident enough with the security that they're doing with it. I'm not someone, I'm not in you know the de Department of Defense where it's something crazy. So realistically, it's just a phone I'm happy, excited about, and and I can use apps. You know, nothing too crazy. He be hitting up that Snapchat. Yeah, yep, finally, man. <laughs> I use I use Snapchat on my BB10. I don't know what everyone's deal is. I can't, dude, they ban Snapchat bans you from it unless 
You must have just gotten so lucky. Me and all of my friends, we've been banned from Snapchat until we actually use an Android device to do it. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing is that it, basically the progress with the Snapchat app, when you know BlackBerry 10 first came out, people started downloading Snapchat, and it worked and everything. Then they eventually added Google services, and then that screwed everything up. And then they, you know, Snapchat threw a hissy fit and basically said that nobody was allowed to be able to access it using any third-party apps or anything like that. And, you know, people that are still out there using Snapchat on their devices today, no, they, they seem not to understand the fact that anybody new who tries to sign up for the services doesn't necessarily have that same advantage because Snapchat has caught on to these third-party applications and, you know, BlackBerry 10 devices running it. So, yeah, they're going to email you and say that you're using an unauthorized client and stuff. Um, you know, so, yeah, there are people out there who can get Snapchat working on BlackBerry 10, especially if you have, like, the authorization. If you've never actually... If you had Snapchat before and it was working perfectly fine and you still have those authorization tokens somewhere stored on your device from using it before, you're going to be able to go ahead and continue using Snapchat. As long as you don't they, log out. That was a big thing. Exactly. They, yeah. they may send you the emails telling you that you, know, you should probably move to it or that you're not using an authorized client, but you can still continue to use it. But anybody new who tries to download it who doesn't have those authorization tokens cached on their device somewhere or whatever, you, know, you can't get into it. That's what. That's why people, you know, people like everybody on the CrackBerry forums comes and they're like, "Yeah, I want Snapchat." Blah 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 blah. And there's a conflict between the people who actually do have it working and the people who can't actually get it working because you have the people who do have it working saying, "Yeah, just download this because that's what they did at that point in time in order to get it working." Right. But anyways, I stepped way off of topic in regards to that. But, you know, that's why it's not working for some people, and then some people can effectively log into it and still continue to use it. So. Pro tip for those Snapchat users out there, consume, don't create, on BlackBerry 10 Snapchat. If your account will get locked if you send files out. But if you yeah. just want to consume and view, they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Food for thought, Alex. <laughs> Stop sending those crazy. We don't want to see them. We don't. Want to see them. <laughs> but you know, it comes back when we're talking about this Android device, this slider, whatever the case may be. We saw a video of this thing very recently. Uh, basically, in passing, it looked like it was kind of headed out. Alex has an Imgur set up for it. He's showing us all the photos here. This is some of the video, and we'll let it play through as we kind of discussed here. We got a couple of gestures, tap to wake, very similar to our swipe to wake on BB10. But mm, aside from that, not too much. We see the four-row touch-enabled keyboard, different from the Passport's three-row touch-enabled keyboard, more classic in style. And, and, and Alex made a good mention, and I was going to mention it here as well. The sliding and, and scrolling that I'm seeing just doesn't look quite up to frame rate. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't look as fluid as just swiping with your finger. So hopefully some some further refinements come there. Which I did want to bring something with that up. It it looks it doesn't necessarily look like the phone is lagging when he's doing this. It looks more like it is it it doesn't have the additional like scroll. When when you use your thumb to like flick up and down, you kind of get this slow like stop 
rather than an instant just like halt right when you let's go to the keyboard. And I think that is causing some of the pure of it being laggy. It may be a little bit laggy too. Um, but I, I really think, I, I wonder if they'll be able to um, get it working so it has, I don't know how to, what the explanation is, but you know, like it's when normal. you scroll, it slows down and then it stops rather than just immediately stopping. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it has to do with something with the elastic scrolling freaking patents that Apple has and everything else, possibly. That's just me tossing it out on a limb there. But uh, for everybody who is listening, it sounds, it looks like it's moving in segments, you know what I mean? It's it's like it's going up a step and then another step and then another yeah. step, whereas on BlackBerry 10, it's just that one fluid motion that you can swipe mm-hmm. up and then scroll and then it continues rolling through. Whereas on the, on the Venice, it looks like it, you know you're scrolling, it moves up a step and then another step and then another step. Like it, it's moving in sections or segments. It's I mean, interesting. That could, that could be one of the things. Just the limitation of using of not building the the software and the hardware. Like BlackBerry 10, you get you're going to get the best experience ever when it comes to a keyboard because the the operating system was built with that in mind. Android, I mean, there have been some keyboard devices, but not ones that have, you know, touch-sensitive keyboards. So I, I think, do you think BlackBerry would actually have to kind of fork um, the open-source Android and, and help integrate it better or work with Google to integrate it better, or um, this I might think, be the best they'll I, be able I to think, do it? I think they don't care. <laughs> what's, yeah. the, what's the point, right? It's already yeah. innovative enough. The fact that there's a keyboard yeah. at all, let alone that it's touch-enabled, it, it, it's something that I think that's, they're just focus isn't on. Uh, we saw on the device as he's going through it as well, this long press on that home circle gesture, a button, and it allows you to bring up three options, and some of those options being brought up, Hub, Google Voice, or Google Now, excuse me, and, and as well the BlackBerry Digital uh, Intelligent Assistant. So it seems pretty cool... Alex kind of mentioned this as well in, in one of our group conversations where, you know, on, to access Hub on BlackBerry 10 is a swipe up and then a pull to the right, whereas this is kind of a long press slide your finger to the right in a kind of similar-esque gesture and fashion. So it wouldn't be entirely foreign for users who are, you know, familiar with BlackBerry 10. What do you guys think? In looking at this Android device, does it entice you? Does it have enough flair? I kind of think it's a little bit lackluster, kind of boring. It's like very vanilla, right? It's, it doesn't have a lot of BlackBerry going on. I know they've modified some of the, you know, the recent app page and some of the multitasking, and obviously have some of their core apps on there. But besides from that, it's a rather like a yawn fest. I'm but not too impressed with it. I think that's that's the problem here. You're you're a BlackBerry user looking at it, saying it's not enough BlackBerry. Um, yeah. You need to think of who the potential people that are going to buy this thing, and the, those people are people who are buying the Nexuses, the the Motos that are like you know pure vanilla Android. That's what they want, and all of the reviews that have been coming out from the major outlets for this device, you know, just kind of giving their first thoughts on it, they a lot of them are saying, you know, the best thing this phone has for it is the fact that it's close to vanilla Android. They're making small modifications to bring in their productivity and messaging, but they're not screwing with it like TouchWiz is and, you know, all these other manufacturers who aren't really software people. You know, BlackBerry may get to a point where they'll start modifying this, you know, a bit more to be like TouchWiz, um, but, you know that might turn off people. They, they can't just dive in all of a sudden. They need to get people to actually check out the device, and people will check out the device if it's close to vanilla. Unless I you root the device, they well, probably can't. 
that's a whole other yeah, bag we'll of worms. Yeah, well, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll but get there. <laughs> in, in any case, what I'm looking at, and I, 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 I totally get what James is saying. He wants more BlackBerry. He wants more BlackBerry. You know, he's used to using a BlackBerry 10 device, and he wants more BlackBerry 10 integration and stuff like that. However, I don't necessarily think that that is the right way to go if you're looking to capture the mass appeal of Android users at this point in time. Like like Alex said, you know, Android users are used to, you know, well, number one, they're used to Samsung devices, which is obviously touch TouchWiz heavy, even though TouchWiz, even though Samsung says that TouchWiz has been, you know, reined in a little bit, and it has, but it's still pretty, pretty heavy when it comes to actually being on the device. The only difference is that Samsung just keeps jamming more specs into it. Um, but that's that's a little bit aside too. Um, I think at this point in time, basically to go ahead and capture the mass appeal of Android users, they need somewhat of a stock vanilla Android experience. Even with the little tiny customi customizations that we've seen, I don't think that they should go heavy in terms of those customizations. What they what we what we've seen thus far is pretty pretty awesome, I believe. Um, where I think that they should go ahead and put some focus, however, is to make these BlackBerry things, quote-unquote, optional. You know, if you have these things that are optional, like everybody knows that you can download multiple keyboards from, from Google Play. Everybody knows that you can download multiple launchers from Google Play. If you start piecing these things out, like Google has... Um, recently with, with like all of their, their Google Play stuff like you know you can download the Google keyboard you can download the Google um, calendar you can download all of these things separately okay if you create these experiences so let's say for example I go and I buy this device but I want I actually want more Blackberry 10 added to it you know I want some sort of like notification system or whatever you know I should be able to go to Google Play and download that experience. Give me the option to be able to go ahead and experience like that. Like, for example, let's let's use the example of the calendar. Let's say, for example, I want I want to I don't want to use the native Google Android calendar that is probably running on here. I want to actually have a BlackBerry 10 keyboard. Well, then there's no reason that BlackBerry couldn't just go ahead and create an application for the BlackBerry 10 keyboard, drop it into Google Play, and allow me to download that and use that key calendar instead of the Android calendar. You know, they, I, I firmly believe that they need to sort of piece some of this stuff out and make it optional. That way they can actually go ahead and appeal to those people who may be considering picking up this device from the BlackBerry 10 world. But they also don't alienate the Android users who are, are firmly, you know, based in their Android world at this point in time. That way, everything becomes optional. You can choose what experiences you actually want to have on this device. I think that would be the ideal solution. It's just I don't know if BlackBerry is actually going to do that. Everything we've seen thus far, it just seems like it's a little light on BlackBerry stuff. And like I said, I get what James is saying. He wants more BlackBerry 10 in there, but... I don't know if we're actually going to get it. I, I really do hope that they start piecing some of that stuff out so that it, it becomes optional and I can download it from Google Play if I really want to. 
What about you, Chris? From what you've seen with the video and some of the leaked photos, is this something that entices you as a BlackBerry user? I mean, especially a BlackBerry 10 user. I mean, is this something you're going to go foray and, and mess around with? Um, I think I probably will end up playing around with that at some point. I mean, right now I'm carrying two devices. I carry a BlackBerry Passport, and I have a, a Note 4 as my second device. Reason being, there's certain things that I need to get done on Android currently. Um, one big thing that I usually use it for is Wi-Fi calling, which I unfortunately don't have that access with the Passport to get on my business line. Um, but... I I know you're not a big fan of the device. I think it looks rather slick, to be perfectly honest. And to be honest, until I saw the video the other day, I was actually surprised that the touch-enabled keyboard is actually coming to that. So I'm hoping that, you know, there's a couple of little concerns about the frame rate and that kind of stuff gets ironed out when it actually launches. But I think this device definitely has a will have some broad appeal for... Android users, and the fact that it is coming close to almost stock, I think it's going to be good to kind of keep up with OS updates, which is something that um, BlackBerry has never been super great at, so the fact that they're keeping things rather vanilla to kind of keep up, and hopefully they'll almost have like a timely update on the OS like um, Motorola currently has with their devices since they run almost a stock experience. So I... I'm. I have to say, I am excited about the device. Um, is it a shame that it is moving away from BB10, at least from what we've seen so far? Yeah, it is a shame. Absolutely. I mean, I love everything about the passport. The size kind of sometimes gets in its way, but other than that, uh, I have to say, I'm looking forward to the device. I think it looks rather slick, and looking forward to it. Just hoping that battery with how then it looks that battery's going to keep up all day. It looks yeah. good, especially like when you consider that this is the first Android device that BlackBerry has ever built. Like, you know, I think they did it right. Yeah, at I least think, from what we've seen so far. Yeah, exactly. I, I think they put, I think they put a lot of maybe effort into finding out exactly what would be appealing to Android users, but also still maintain some of that BlackBerry 10 love. I think. I think they they deserve a lot of credit for that, but yeah, it, it's still one of those things that we're gonna have to wait and see until everybody gets their hands on it to see how well it actually functions. It's it's one thing to watch a video; it's another to get it actually in your hands and Absolutely. put it to use. It's it's a very interesting uh, bit of leaks. Alex, take us through some of these images, if you would. I'll, I will lock the screen onto you. It 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 seems like. It, what we're seeing right now on the front end, right here, standard lock screen, very bottom right, middle, and left, you see a camera icon for quick access to the camera, the ability to lock the device from the lock screen, and as well the ability to send a call, an emergency call, and jump through the phone if you need to make a quick call, all from the lock screen. Looks like there are some lock screen notifications, which are pretty standard with Lollipop. Two of the things we're seeing right there, Alex, if you wouldn't mind zooming in just a little bit, we're seeing here, obviously no SIM card in the device currently, we expect it to be carrying some of those the latest LTE bands, but as well BlackBerry Safeguard. And it looks like some of the tap to configure security, blase blase, as it goes on. It seems like it's going to allow you to, one, set up parameters for BlackBerry Safeguard in the apps that you have, and two, modify when BlackBerry Safeguard is giving you notifications to let you know about different accesses that are happening on the device in real time. Again, with the way Android exists right now, it's, it, everything is containerized and secure. 
But the minute you give access to permissions in an app that it doesn't need, it has the ability to exploit. If BlackBerry Safeguard is doing these backup checks for us in the background to make sure nothing you know, cr you know, crazy is going on, then that gives us a little bit of added layer of proactive security rather than, you know, oh crap, I'm, I'm already hacked, what can I do now, you know? So front-end security is going to be a big thing here. Again, that giant, giant uh, speaker port on the front-end, front-facing speaker, a la the HTC devices. I think that's a very, very cool addition here. Uh, again, is it, it, that's something the Passport and a lot of BlackBerry 10 devices like the Z30 are great at. They have awesome sound, but it's one of those untouted features here. It's big, it's bold, right in your face. Uh, Blaze, would you talk to us about Schneider Optics? What are we seeing here? This is We saw fast focus in 18 megapixels on some of the earlier leaks, but it seems they're updated now with the German lens crafter, Schneider. What potential does this have to make the camera experience better on the, on the BlackBerry? Well, I mean, Schneider, unless anybody actually digs deep into it, they've been around for years creating camera lenses. They even, they even actually have... Um, have uh, like uh, uh, they created something called I believe it's called like the iPro lens for um, for the iPhone, um, but yeah they have a have a really long history of actually creating beautiful lenses for cameras and stuff like that. They even help out NASA uh, with uh, with a lot of their their optics and being able to take nice visuals. Um, you know, it's kind of like one of those things. It, you know, Nokia ha has their Carl Zeiss lenses and stuff like that. But as we know, um, sticking a brand name uh, and utilizing some of their stuff doesn't necessarily always equate to, you know, beautification or perfection or anything along those lines. Uh, Virtu cameras, they the, they use um, the fancy lenses as well, but that doesn't always translate into into beautiful pictures. However, it can't. It can't be ignored either because I'm not obviously I'm not sure how many people actually read read my passport review, but one of the I think it was my passport review. Anyways, um, one of, one of the re reviews that I wrote up was basically, you know, I, I highlighted the fact that BlackBerry doesn't necessarily always put a ton of effort into the cameras on their devices. It, it, it almost seems like they they reach a point where you know, they they stop and they say that it's good enough. They just stop. Uh, yeah, well, camera's good enough, so let's just go ahead and roll with that one. Um, they don't actually. They they've never actually tried to exceed beyond, you know, like iPhone or any of the Samsung devices or anything like that. Um, they just always settle for good enough. Um, but the potential the potential with the Schneider Optics is you know one of those things where we may actually be seeing a device where BlackBerry actually gave a crap about the camera quality. Uh, I don't want to say we are seeing it because we don't necessarily know, um, but Schneider Optics ha has been well reviewed in, in several other devices before. Uh, one of the devices that they, they released um, in, in participation with Oppo the, I believe it was the N5 or something like that. One of the the world's thinnest smartphone at the time. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of reviewers got their hands on that and said that the cameras was pretty decent, um, but it never actually exceeded anything beyond the iPhone. So, like I said, the the potential with them working with Schneider Optics to actually achieve a good camera on a BlackBerry device for once. 
um, it is pretty high at this point in time. I'm hoping it's not just, you know, let's go ahead and stick a fancy brand name on the camera. But as we all know, it, it, there's a past them. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. there. No, there's a lot of lot of bits and pieces that actually make a camera camera work, and just because you yeah. have a fancy name and a fancy lens does not necessarily equate to great pictures. Yeah, you know? I, I wanted to bring exactly that up. I mean, this picture was taken with an iPhone 5, and it's 8 megapixels, and it's a pretty clear you know photo for what it is. And then you see like 18 megapixels, so we're talking about that. I think that's like 5200 by you know 3500. It's it's a fairly large image, but one of the things that uh, Apple has been great with is keeping a low megapixel but making phenomenal pictures. Just throwing an 18 megapixels in there does not mean you're going to have phenomenal pictures. It, it means that you'll be able to have them scale up very large or say that you took a picture and you, I wanted to crop it, you can remove a lot of the area and still have a high quality picture. Um, so megapixels allows you to do some nice things but it doesn't necessarily meet a good picture, exactly what Chris was saying. Obviously we hope that they're gonna, you know, actually have a decent camera for a change. The Passport wasn't that bad of a camera, but you know, then again, like 18 megapixel. I don't, I don't know if the Passport camera was. It wasn't the same company, correct? I don't, I don't know who made the Passport camera uh, specifically or the lens rather. But um, I guess we'll again, we're gonna have to just wait and see about that. The thing with BlackBerry cameras is that they they've always really been really good under ideal conditions. You know what I mean? Like if you're out yep. in the middle of the day, the, the sun's shining up in the sky and you want to take a fantastic picture, it's entirely possible. It's when you get into low light situations and, and bad situations like, you know, that the camera all seems to fall to pieces on BlackBerry 10 devices. Yeah. And I'm I hoping that that's not the case. It, it relies on flash too a lot, which like I, I've taken some phenomenal pictures using flash but once you turn flash off I don't know it just doesn't I, I, I find I take the best pictures when flash is on even even if it's like a decent setting where there's enough light turning the flash on just makes it maybe it focuses a little bit better and it's sharper I don't know that's yeah. just what I've experienced with current BlackBerry devices yeah and to date the Passport is actually like one of the best of cameras on yeah on a BlackBerry 10 device but they also they also have trouble with software, and I believe I've I've mentioned this before. Is like there there doesn't seem to be consistency across the software, uh, because you know with one update your camera could actually be really really amazing and take great low light pictures, but the next update or the next OS leak it may not the camera may not have been been the focus of of uh, operation at that point in time, so the camera falls to pieces, you know. So it's kind of like a crapshoot in, in terms of what your your expectations are with the actual camera. You could have really great pictures. You could have really great um, low light uh, accessibility with it, or you could just end up with crappiness, which is never yeah. good. There's no consistency. Like I don't know why that is, but you know, is what it is. Hopefully, it'll change with this one. <laughs> so. What Alex is showing us here on the screen is basically the about and settings of the device. You see some of the legal info, STV 106. We know there's also a 101 version out there. Running and 103. On. Yep. So there's a couple of different models out there, maybe carrier variants. What we're seeing is running Android version 5.1.1, which is the latest release of Android Lollipop that's publicly available. And then we see this kernel version, 3.1. 
GRSecPerf, and then it goes on with a little bit more of the analogous information there. When you do a little bit of research on this particular kernel version, you're going to fall across GR Security. And GR Security is basically an extensive security enhancement to the Linux kernel that defines a wide range of security options for the OEM. So they can work on things like access control, memory corruption, and prevent exploitations. This kind of kernel modification is not unheard of on Android. Google is doing the exact same thing with Android M. They're using SE Linux, which is, again, just an extensively modified uh, Linux kernel. In terms of compatibility, perhaps GR Security and BlackBerry, with some of their software, they were able to get a better pairing. We're not really sure whether this is going to be the final implementation of this Android device or whether there's something else in the works. You know, We don't know if this device is going to have Lollipop for a couple months and then jump to Android M or really what the case is going to be. But from what we're looking at on the device as an evaluation unit, it looks like it is using a hardened Linux kernel to do some of the some of the security work here. I know a lot of people are wondering, you know, is this Android device going to be rootable? Is this Android device, you know, going to have a lot of the exploits that general Android already has? And it looks to be as if BlackBerry may be at least trying to prevent put a, put a little blanket over over the device so it's a little bit more secure than you know your your standard off the shelf Android. What what can we really say about this so far? I mean, in terms of the kernel. Chris and I were talking a little bit prior to this podcast, and it's like it's not going to have a lot of effect in terms of app compatibility or anything like that. It's still Linux at the end of the day. Yeah, so it's just it's another nothing. Album. Yeah, nothing. Nothing you're going to see or feel, but it's there. So I think that's kind of interesting. Alex, what are we looking at right now on the screen? Yes. Yeah, so this is the application switcher. Um, I'm not sure if if the viewers watching have, have seen the current Android L application switcher. Um, but what it does is kind of, it's like a, it's a scroll, it scrolls through apps vertically, and you'll only see maybe three or four apps on the screen at once. Well, what BlackBerry did is they completely overhauled this and, and in a way kind of took the active frame concept um, and implemented it. It's a lot different, though. So apparently the applications that you're using frequently um, say that you have you know 10 applications open and you keep opening up settings over and over and over and you're in settings for a while well settings is going to be the largest icon here and then the battery say so you're checking that every now and then it's going to be smaller here um, BBM if you're access if you start accessing BBM a lot well it's going to end up replacing settings down here and um, again this this is like a large kind of active frame slash you know switch to have there more realistically if they're smaller like this you can fit quite a bit on the screen at a time you can have you know one two three four five six twelve you could have almost eighteen apps on the screen at once to quickly switch between and jump whereas opposed to the current lollipop you only get to see about you know three four at a time um, so again they are definitely going for more of a productivity standpoint for it and they're using a little bit of smart uh, kind of switching slash showing you what you're probably going to want to navigate to um, rather than you know Lollipop just shows you the apps in the consistent order it doesn't change the order around depending on what it thinks that you'll be going to so this is one of those things that Blackberry and productivity you know go hand in hand that they're going to be you know changing and what about this little menu that we're looking at right here? I know this is this is probably one of the most interesting pictures that was released in terms of the device. <laughs> it, it, it almost yeah. looks like a gesture. You know, God forbid we have any of those on any other mobile OS, but 
here we are with this little swiping gesture that allows you access to three different icons. What are we seeing, Alex? Yes. Yeah, so what's interesting about this one is the application search. I, it's kind of funny that the guy in the video accidentally clicked it. Um, I think he's trying very hard not to, so then he went in and explained it a little bit. But if you've ever used Android, well, the current search on Android doesn't search the phone very well. This Google search bar up here, you can search, say, for instance, you're searching for an app, and say the app has, you know, multiple words in it. I can't think of any off the top of my head, so I'm going to say web design cheat sheet. But say that you type in the word sheet, well, it doesn't even notice the app because that's at the end of the app word. Like, it, it doesn't classify separate words and make a recommendation based off of the full app name. There are just some very basic limitations that, that Google has on Android for some reason. People are very surprised as to why they haven't improved basic functionality like that. But so what BlackBerry is doing is this is essentially going to be a local device search slash. You can also add, you know, calendar appointments, um, BBM someone. So I could just click this button and type in BBM and, you know, type in, you know, Brian or Matt or whatever, and it will create a BBM for them. So it's kind of like a local search for apps slash kind of a smart assistant, but more on a local level, whereas the Google now is more of like, you know, searching the Internet for answers. So it's kind of, you can say, this is the hub, this is like internet search, smart search, and then this is local device search. So BlackBerry really, again, is taking their productivity and implementing it in a way with Android that makes a lot of sense, filling some of the holes that Google has currently with Android. See, this is what, this is what bothers me so much about the device. I mean, I like it. As Krevling said earlier, it's a hot device. I mean, it looks real nice. But it, it just seems redundant, these apps. Like, you know, I could d get something on Android. I could download an Android app that replicates the hub for me. Do I need BlackBerry's version? Not really. I mean, why, why would I get this device as opposed to buying the Samsung with the better specs, with the, you know, with the TouchWiz and all the added security, you know, not security, excuse me, with all the added software features that TouchWiz brings, brings together and not just download these apps, as Chris mentioned earlier, right? If I can get the hub, if I can get the keyboard and all that other stuff, why do I need to buy a slider when I could get those apps for free on my other Android, mayhaps? Well, I, you know? I think it's the integration, and that's really what you end up paying for. Between the hardware, obviously, if you want a physical device phone, then this is what you have to get for Android. But aside from that, it's the integration. I don't think you could download the hub and it's going to you know, automatically throw this in there. That's not how it works. That would be in the actual fork of Android that they're using or the mod for Android. So sure, you can have a little hub icon sitting here on your Galaxy and click it, but say that you're you know, with an app or whatever and you want to quickly jump to the hub, well, you're going to have to click home and then click there. You're not going to have that quick feature. Um, and then other things build up again, like in here, the shortcuts. This stuff would not, I, I doubt you'd be able to go in and download this because these are you know, links directly within the system to say compose a BBM email text, um, and you can throw this on your home page. So again, it's kind of taking these little shortcuts and giving you access to it to a more extensive level than you'd be able to get on other devices just by installing yeah. one app. Chris, it gives you Blaise, Blaise, how many of those shortcuts do you use on BlackBerry 10? What? Let me... They don't even exist on BlackBerry 10, dude. They do. You can, you can create it. Yeah, you, you can do all of that. Oh, uh, well, yeah, okay. Shortcuts. You can use third... Okay, yeah. So, I mean, how many of those people are using the keyboard shortcuts already, let alone the app icon? I just feel like it's, again, redundant. I'm going to swipe over to the app, click it, and do what I got to do. You know, and, and add, one more added step is not going to kill me, especially when the OS already lacks that. that but it's giving the, the option. Thing. It's not forcing you to do it. 
I don't know. I think I think it's a big. I think it's a big focus on productivity. I mean, yeah. that's that's the only way that BlackBerry could bring productivity to Android, and that's going to be one of their selling things. They're going to focus on pro- on security. They're going to focus on productivity. Basically, they're going to tell you that they brought productivity and security to Android at this point in time, and that's going to be one of those things. With even with all those those shortcuts and stuff like that, yeah, you may not necessarily use them. And it may not necessarily be a compelling argument for you, but there are people out there that it is yeah. a compelling argument for. And I don't know. I, I still think it's going to be one of those things where it's slightly optional as well. You can yep. probably turn some of that crap off and enable it. And, you know, it, I agree with you. Like, it's not going to kill you to, like, move one extra step or anything like that, but there are genuinely people out there where one extra step would kill them. It'd be like taking their firstborn child from them. Like, we know that. We know that for a fact. You you guys see that stuff every single day. Yeah, I mean, it's it really He's is just about making... It us, Chris. <laughs> but, it's like, like it's... why do I have to touch the screen? Yeah. This why is do terrible. I, have to do, I don't want to have to... you have to do two things here? out of... Yeah. But, but realistically, that is what productivity is. It's taking something that might be two, three steps and turning it into one. So doing it, you know, once is not going to make a big difference. But if you do it a hundred times a day, well, the seconds start adding up, and then over years and everything. So you know, people who are constantly doing things, it does make sense for them. Do I think, or do you? Do I personally think I'm going to be adding these shortcuts everywhere? I'll probably add all the shortcuts in a little folder and possibly just have quick access to it. But I probably won't ever really use them that much. Because I'm dumping in a junk folder. <laughs> I, well, you don't even need to have it. Like it's part of the widgets and apps. But essentially, yeah, I would be creating kind of a junk or you know shortcut folder just to do that. And I don't know. Like for here's an example that it has here where it's like add a note or add a task. Currently on BlackBerry 10, I I think you could do the BlackBerry Assistant and go and create one fairly quickly. But like what I'm currently doing is I click the Remember app and then I have to go to the proper note or task tab. I have it left off, whether it's on the task, maybe I want to do the reverse, and then I'll add it. It is a little bit of a process, even on BlackBerry 10. There might be ways to do quick shortcuts, but, you know, I am a proficient user, and I haven't found them. I hold the R button, and I launch Remember. Simple Well, that's the thing. I can't do that with this all-touch device. So, yeah, you bring up a good point. Having the keyboard here open, it's going to be quicker, but having a full-touch device, say this thing is closed, adding a quick button to add a task, it's really kind of taking a key from here and putting it on the screen. For the actual all-touch device, it makes some sense. I, I agree with you, though. Having this out, you know, wouldn't necessarily make sense for some of these shortcuts. It just feels like three steps forward and two steps back because they had already refined this kind of productivity on BlackBerry 10, where it's it's not even two steps; it's one step. You know. If you look, if you look at that other screen, it's optional too. Like there's a gear yeah. setting up in the corner. So some of this crap, all of the, under communications, calendar, agenda, contacts. I'm pretty sure this is the BlackBerry productivity suite that they're actually talking about here um, because of the fact that a lot of the stuff is that they outline in, in this exact picture, the communications, the calendar and agenda, yep. contacts, all that stuff, is exactly what they highlighted in that slide for the BlackBerry uh, productivity suite stuff. Yeah, and so you know, the gear up here indicates that yeah. some of that stuff is obviously going to be optional or, or configurable. It, it's total, and this is just the shortcut screen. So, like, when you click apps, that's a screen you'll probably use quite often. But, like, the widgets, you you can use an Android device and never add a widget. Yeah. You can use an Android device and never add a shortcut. It's like a shortcut is no different than a widget. It's just a little bit different, you know. 
that they just kind of like this is Blackberry's take on a widget in a way, um, kind of just to quickly get around. You don't have to use these tabs ever, so I don't really necessarily see aside from adding bulk to it. Yeah, if it slowed down the OS, then it's like that might be annoying. But if it's just there, just to be there and might make some people's lives more convenient, I don't see. I don't really have much of a problem with it at all. Honestly, I just da- disable it all and have the app show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That that's yeah. how I feel about it too. It's like at this point, you're you're, you're trying to do everything. You know, you're you're, you're not They're... focused in this. It's it's vanilla because you don't know what people want. You don't know what people want for a BlackBerry Android. So you just They're give them the basics. They're trying to it though. But they're they're really not trying to overstep it. Like all of these reviews have been saying that they're happy that it looks pretty much vanilla, yeah. and if they're just trying to get into this market, like James, I say honestly, give it some time. Maybe a year from now, when they actually get people interested in it, they can maybe start doing a little bit more modifications. But again, that's where you start getting into the rough waters of being like TouchWiz, and you know, people, a lot of people hate it because it's just slow, and it's like they thought that they could do it better, and in, in reality, they made it much worse. You know, also, a lot Canada of people hate it, but it tells better than anything else out there. It also, it also goes back to the fact, like we were questioning before, what's BlackBerry going to do to this device to differentiate it? You know, they're, they're, These pictures are answering that question, you know? Yep. Because we were like, oh, well, what are they going to do to be able to go ahead and differentiate this device? Well, this is what they're doing. You know, whether or not people will appreciate it is entirely a different story, but but this is what they're doing. Like, they're laying these things out for you. And over time, I'm sure some of this stuff that we're looking at now will essentially disappear because, obviously, it's things that people don't necessarily want. It's, and they'll learn from it. It, it. I mean, this is... Honestly, this is... This is their first foray into Android, yeah. and you know it, it's kind of like kind of like when when BlackBerry 10 came out. There's a lot of stuff that BlackBerry 10 launched with that is no longer in BlackBerry 10 because nobody used it, nobody liked it, or you know they they've added things that people like while taking away some of the junk, and that's exactly what's going to happen here, hopefully. Yeah, I say hopefully because the device is not on the market and we don't know how well it's going to do. <laughs> if it does terrible, then don't expect anything to change. It'll just be gone. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I just want to bring up one more uh, picture. I, James is probably going to give me crap for it, I guess, but let's uh, <laughs> let's see really quick. Let's see if he just lets me talk about it. <laughs> so I kind of took a suggestion from someone who said, you know, well, how how large is the device? How big is, you know, can we look at these pictures and try and figure it out? Well, there's a 3.5 millimeter jack here, so I just used Photoshop and I kind of duplicated it over a bunch of times, and it has about 21 or so jacks on the bottom, and that comes out to about 73.5 millimeters, which is about 2.89 inches. So if you compare that to what we currently have for the width of a device, that's 150.5 millimeters as opposed to the Z30's 140.7 millimeters. I don't know if you're if you use millimeters more than inches, depending on where you live. But you know, looking at inches, look how small of a difference that is. We're talking about you know 0.06 inches. That's the difference in width between a Z30 and the slider. And I personally was pretty worried. Again, th- this is a totally rough estimate, but this seems to be at least a fair enough guess for it. But really, that's not very much larger than the Z30, and I feel like the Z30 is almost a perfect size device for the width. And I was a little bit worried about the slider, and I'm feeling a little bit better about it now. Yeah, and I think. Then, yeah, I think at this point it's safe to say that it, it's not as initially as big as what people 
it's not as big as what those initial pictures, the leaked pictures from Vietnam essentially showed off. Everybody was like, oh, that thing is thick and long, and everybody was off-put by that. And I think yeah. this leak, this video, is like more of a realization. Yeah, just seeing it in, in the guy's hands and everything, yeah. it really doesn't look to be that large. And then I just kind of threw the same thing. This is a ridiculously stupid estimate here, but it, it gives maybe somewhat of an idea, probably not. Um, but so this would be about 150 millimeters. A little bit earlier, I said the wrong words for whatever. But so if you compare that, it is a little bit taller than the Z30. Again, totally rough estimate here. We're talking about a 10 millimeter difference, which would be about you know a little less than half an inch. So this is going to be like a Z30, and just imagine it being like uh, half an inch taller or so. So it might look a little bit goofy from the tall aspect to it. But I'm surprised that they, if this is a 5.5-inch screen or whatever they, they claim that this is, if they can really fit it to almost the same kind of space as a Z30, which I think the Z30 is like a, what is it, a 5-inch screen, 5-inch display? That's pretty impressive to me, whether it's the curved glass that they're doing or whatever it is. Or maybe oh, this really? device is not 5.5 inches. Maybe it's like 5.2, <laughs> I don't know. got to so. remember on the Z30, there's quite a large bezel ratio on that device, Yeah. So. Yeah. There's yeah. plenty of room if they if they got it right with that that technology and got it they could fit it. Yeah, there's definitely like a little bit that you could chop off from the Z30 for sure. I'm still laughing at your your analogies when describing how thick and thick and long it was. <laughs> I I when I saw the video, all I thought to myself was this is a device that has no personality. That's that's all I took away from it. Where yes, it has the keyboard, right? But I could buy that keyboard already. I've had that keyboard, you know, without the symbols. God, you know, God forbid, I need those. And and again, BlackBerry's virtual keyboard is so good. Are people really gonna you know slide it up to use that physical keyboard for anything other than like really long emails and essays? I mean, are you gonna type out a quick little chat conversation with the physical keyboard? Or are you gonna just stick sometimes? To the virtual keyboard? Sometimes I get into it, man. You know me. Like I might start type, typing on the screen and then realistically flip it up, and because I know this is gonna be a longer email. But like I said before. At 15 to 20% of the time, I think I'll actually be using the physical keyboard, and that's going to be for long emails, very long messages, which don't, you know, I, I'm not relying a lot of time with that, but then, like, emulators. I don't game very often, but, you know, I'm sure some of you have played old Game Boy Color games, and, you know, it would be kind of nostalgic to play it on there, and having physical keys to, say, play Pokemon or Dragon War or whatever you want to play, having those physical keys there makes emulation very nice, so I really I think I'm... I don't know. There are other uses for it. I don't know, James. I think your argument is kind of off on that one because of the fact, like, like you're looking at this and you're looking at it like Android and you're like, is anybody ever going to flip that up? But if this device had BlackBerry 10 on it, you'd probably be saying a totally different story. You'd be like, yeah, I love this. I'll, t I'll use that keyboard. I'll use that on-screen thing. I think just because it's an Android device, you're looking at it as like, meh. I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking at it in the terms of if it was running BlackBerry 10, I have a passport. So what's the point? You know, <laughs> I don't have to slide up on the passport. It's always there, and I get the same the same ability. All I get is a different form factor, and I, and I which, feel like you're which, not which, the average person, though. Not everyone has passports right now, and I think that's where the the tough kind of comparison is happening right now. For an yeah, Android I mean, device, for an Android QWERTY device, right? Even for this even full for physical myself. keyboard. To give people a keyboard of this caliber and still give them that on-screen presence as well, 
I honestly feel like a lot of the general consumers out there are, are hardly going to find themselves sliding up, whereas there is, again, that niche of users who are going to buy it just for the keyboard and nothing else. It, it brings you back to a point where is this business model sustainable for them? You're going to sell this device for a year. What are you going to do next year? A, a landscape slider? I mean... That would be terrible. No, I hate do. people that are recommending that, by the way. You do an all-touch device exactly like yeah. it, and you sell that, it. That, that's it's, what it's I want. It's just changing the I perception, dude. I think that's all this is. I think that's... I don't know. People are looking at this thing now. It's the exact same argument that people had when the torch came out. Like, you know, yeah. the, key, the keyboard is there. It's there if you want to use it. If you don't want to use it, you don't necessarily have to, like... I don't know. Do the damn thing shut if you just want an all-touch device, and, th <laughs> and this will be fully as functional. Like, you can use it 99% of the time, never sliding open. It's still going to be a good device. So would a Samsung or an HTC to the same effect, you know? Well, look at Samsung. Okay, stuff. James, perfect example. I know you want to tear this up, but what did Samsung just recently do with that stupid keyboard thing? People apparently are, at least maybe, they, I'm sure they've done some testing and saw, hey, some people want a keyboard, so you're going to have this ugly case sitting on the back phone that you have to flip over to use a keyboard, whereas this one you could slide up, type, and then close it. Like, there are obviously enough people for Samsung to think, hey, maybe we should do something with a keyboard. Unless they're just trying to be first to market before BlackBerry and they really <laughs> had, did not test this whatsoever and they're like, well, maybe no one wants it. I mean, there's obviously Android users oh, who want it. <laughs> I'm not saying that the keyboard is invaluable. I'm saying that for BlackBerry to build this device with a keyboard limits it the potential it has to be a successful Android device. Now you're limiting it to people who like a keyboard and like Android. It's just like limiting yourself that, to I, only selling you know, a certain type of product to a certain type of person. I, I can see. That's, what, that's honestly what I was thinking because I wanted an all-touch device for a very long time. And when I heard their next device is going to be a slider, I was mad. I was genuinely mad about it. But seeing the size of this now... And the fact that I can genuinely just keep this damn thing closed and never look at the keyboard and still get the same amount out of it, I'm actually happy now that it's a slider. And I was someone that, I have a Z30, I had a Z10, that's all I want, I just want an all-touch device. But this, now I'm actually happy with this, and I've totally changed my mind because it hit me that it's like, it's the same size device as other flagship devices, and it has a keyboard on it. You don't ever have to look at the keyboard, though. I think they're doing it just basically because of the fact, okay, what happened with BlackBerry 10 when they launched? BlackBerry launched a full touchscreen device. BlackBerry, who is known for their keyboards, launched yeah. a full touchscreen device. So, obviously, they don't want to go ahead and make that exact same mistake. So, they kind of jammed both options available in there. Yeah. So, now BlackBerry, BlackBerry is going to launch a BlackBerry device with a keyboard and a touchscreen. It makes it simple because nobody can make fun of them for launching, for being BlackBerry and not actually using their keyboard at this point in time. They can go ahead, they can launch an Android device with a BlackBerry keyboard, and people will love it. And, and, we and hope. <laughs> so truthfully, with with that too is just I've just been reading some reviews and stuff what people in the Android community have been saying about this and Michael Fisher from Pocket Now he's one of you know the bigger people when it comes to I have an opinion about a device and here's my opinion and people listen to him well he said you know this is why the BlackBerry Venice might just be my next phone and he goes and talks about it and one of the biggest points he brings up at the end Boredom. is I'm bored of all these touch, full-touch slabs. I'm just bored of them. This is finally a device that's different. It's just different. And I'm excited about that. I'm finally excited about a device for a change because it's not just a slab. 
So Pan's it going happens to, to be a Blackberry. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And Blackberry is nostalgia to a bunch or nostalgic to a bunch of people as well. So and I completely can see where he's coming from because all of the devices coming out this year that are Android, there's really nothing too crazy about them. The Snapchat or Snapdragon 810 processor was not that great, and you know, all these devices are launched with a semi-older 808 processor, and it's like none of the devices have really been that special. It's just kind of like the longer more you the get... Same. Exactly. Yeah. The, the more we go on, you can only jam that many more specs into the, the phone and improve Android's you know, non-lagginess that much more. So finally, BlackBerry's doing something that's different. And you know, I think that will ring with a lot of people who have used tons and tons of Android devices. They might be bored just like him. I think James is just a little bit sour that it's Android. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I'm worried, guys. I really am. Because I, I, I think if we look at the potential that this device has, BlackBerry's selling about 1 to 2 million devices per quarter of BlackBerry 10. That puts them at around four to eight million, depending on how well they're selling per quarter of BlackBerry 10 sales. If this slider device can bridge the gap and sell one million a quarter on top of what BlackBerry 10 is already doing, it'll be successful for the hardware business. They'll be able to sell the 10 million devices they need to make that business unit profitable. But beyond that, I'm really looking at this and I'm saying to myself, all you did was take BB10 and put it on Android. For all intents and purposes, the applications, the software suites, that's all you did. You, you gutted what you had, and you're reselling it to me under another hardware and another piece of software. But at the end of the day, it's the same experience I already have. You got 98% of the way with BlackBerry 10. You couldn't get 2% of all the major apps, the Google-enabled Play Services apps. So what do you do? You take that 2% and make it the foundation for the next phone you build as a flagship it just seems like a backwards kind of strategy, one that's not going to serve them long-term, not long-term at all. The device will sell. They'll be able to make the business profitable for about a year. But what's next? Do you build a slider it's, too? It's, but it's, change, it's changing the perspective of BlackBerry. Everyone is saying BlackBerry is dead, but then you have these thought leaders in the Android community, Pocket Now, Techno Buffalo, saying, wow, this is actually an interesting device that I'm probably going to use my daily driver. That changes people's opinions. BlackBerry just needs to change people's opinions so they can do more. They can build more BlackBerry 10 devices, whatever they choose to do, but they need to change people's opinions. Here today, gone tomorrow, the do. device comes, and then the next Galaxy comes, the next iPhone comes, and it's out the door. I mean, it's that's how fickle those same people you're talking about are. And they're yeah, the same. They're going to move on very quickly from, oh, yeah, my flagship, for whatever. They're going to use it as a daily driver for two weeks so they get their next phone. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's meaningless, especially if there's no marketing and advertising behind it. You may change the perception of what BlackBerry is, but you're not going to change the perception of where BlackBerry is going, and that's what they need to do. They need to establish themselves in a place that actually has growth potential for them. Okay. Android may not. So does BlackBerry 10 offer them that? I think what BlackBerry 10 offers them is a proprietary system that they can innovate on and that no one else can take claim to. With Android, you're basically whoring out your operating system <laughs> to someone else. You don't own the kernel. You don't own the OS. All you own is the, the core apps that are optional. You know, it, it, It's basically an Android phone. I, I was on the point where this phone is a BlackBerry, 
But I really don't feel that way anymore. I feel like it's just a flat-out Android phone. You've been talking to Sosa. <laughs> yeah, dude. It, but like, look at it. A Sam, w- w- this is a Samsung device, for instance. This is a Samsung device. It's made by Samsung. It's hardware made by Samsung. That is, that is um, Android. Okay. Well, this is a BlackBerry device because BlackBerry is two sides of the thing. They're a hardware manufacturer and they're software. So if you want to say, I, maybe we need a new word for it because it is in true. A BlackBerry device because it's built by BlackBerry, just as a Samsung device is Samsung because it's built by Samsung. Um, if you want to say, you know, is the only true BlackBerry device a BlackBerry 10 device because it's the software and hardware? Well, that's a random argument. Regardless, it's a BlackBerry device, but it's a BlackBerry device running Android as opposed to BlackBerry 10. It's I I don't know, man. It's to be fair, I don't necessarily disagree with James's argument. I yeah. think James's argument is is spot on, um, but. At the same time, this device exists. It's out there. It's going to be on shelves. People are going to buy it. It's going to change some perceptions towards BlackBerry and Black. And you know, to that point, that's that's exactly the point that Alex is making. Like whether or not whether or not we sit here and we argue about you know whether or not it's a BlackBerry 10 de- or a BlackBerry device or if it's just another Android device, it really doesn't matter at this point in time because of the fact. It's going to be on shelves. People are going to buy it. This is what BlackBerry served us with. This is what we have to work with. This is what we have to discuss. You know, at the end of the day, is it a BlackBerry? Maybe, maybe not. I guess that really depends upon your opinion. But are you going to buy into it? Are you going to buy BlackBerry? Or are you just simply going to go move on to some other Android device or move into iOS? You know, these are all things that are debatable, but... This is what BlackBerry served up. You know, this is what we're rolling with. Alienate 10 million to sell 10 million. It just seems like such a counterintuitive point for them to make. But are all these 10 million people going and buying devices every year? Like my my stepdad has had his Q10 since the day it came out. Still hasn't upgraded. My mom still has her Z10. My brother still has a Z10. No one's updating. They're just holding onto the damn phone. The answer so is having 10 million people using the device as good as having people actually buying the device. Like the answer the, device the answer to that actually came from BlackBerry themselves. They toted the fact that BlackBerry users are yeah. the most yep. loyal because they don't upgrade their phones. They hang on to their phones for the longest. Which Honestly, hurts I looked at that as like a negative thing. It is. I'm like, yeah. I don't know why people are sharing this. I don't know why you would put that out there. Yeah, it's great you have loyal customers, but you're not upgrading. You're not getting people onto new phones. It, it becomes what is viable for them as a business as opposed to what is viable for them as being a fan of who they are. And I think this is the right business move to make. And I think they need to do this as simply ever continue developing BlackBerry 10. They need to be making money somehow. Is it going to really hurt just having Android devices sitting out there for them to be making some money and changing around their perception? Well, in the back, they could possibly be you know, building on BlackBerry 10 a little bit more, just offer you know, solutions to enterprises that maybe won't go with them as you know, their best solution because they don't want to use BlackBerry 10 and they don't really truthfully understand, oh, I can use an iPhone on here. You can go in there and say, hey, here's a BlackBerry device and we can give you buzz. And this BlackBerry device is running on Android. And it's like, oh, we're familiar with Android. Well, you know, maybe we can do this. It's just yeah. another foot in the door, another offering, and end solution. And I think, I think what you just outlined there is how people essentially should have to look at it because realistically, I mean, and, and James is in agreement with this, BlackBerry 10 isn't going to go away. They still need 
BlackBerry 10 for regulated industries and governments and stuff like that. So it, it's they're they're creating mass appeal in the consumer market while still operating in the enterprise sector as well. They can offer those Android devices if those and if those companies want Android devices. And it's basically built off of Android. Like you said, they're familiar with Android. There's a good chance that they'll go with Android. If they don't necessarily want Android, well, here you go. Here's some BlackBerry 10 hardware that we can offer you. So, you know, there, there's, there's this sentiment that, you know, just because BlackBerry is releasing an Android device, then BlackBerry 10 is dead and BlackBerry 10 is going to disappear. It's not going to disappear. It's not, not going to just totally disappear. That's not going to happen. And nor is it actually dead. It may seem like that at this point in time, but they're still going to be working on it. They're still going to offer upgrades. They still need it for regulated industries. They still need it for government sectors and so on and so forth. So it really does come down to adding just another option. It's just James doesn't like that option at this point. <laughs> BlackBerry, 10 isn't, BlackBerry 10 isn't going anywhere. Just the developers who made it. Well, you know, they... <laughs> Technically speaking, they, they, yeah. they probably left months ago, or were laid off, or fired. So, for me, it's 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 a reselling. So, as a BlackBerry user and fan, I've already spent money and invested myself in the hardware, in the software platform, in the services like Blend and all these awesome things that just rock and make BlackBerry 10 fantastic. You're just gonna resell me this under another OS? <laughs> for me, for me, it's for me, it's meaningless. I don't think I'm actually going to go out of my way to buy this device. If I get my hands on it and use it, of course I'm going to give it a fair shake and, and we'll appreciate what they've done. But for me as a BlackBerry user, I feel like this is this is like building a leap. It's literally just like, why? Why did you... <laughs> just why? If this device yeah. were running BlackBerry 10, I would see some advancement. This seems like a side grade for me, you know? Like, it's not an upgrade. It's just a going to the left with something else, with a different experience, but more or less the same experience because... I've ported that experience over. It, it just—it seems alienating, very much so. Yeah. And I think well, right now, what would happen? What would happen though if they just developed this exact same device and threw BlackBerry 10 on it? Like their their previous devices haven't been selling as, but I love the Passport, but it didn't sell that well. So like, wh what do you expect them to do? I just it, I don't it's, understand. It's it's not necessarily a problem with the hardware or the software. I don't think that's ever. No, been it never it's, was. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a problem with the marketing. And, and really, I think it goes back to that perception bit, but further deeper than that, it goes back to market share. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Let's not, let's not lay into BlackBerry on marketing again because yeah. um, this is going to sound harsh, but, and people, I can predict the hate mail coming for this one already. What, what on BlackBerry 10 can you actually market? You can't market apps. You can market Hub. You can market Flow. Can market peak, can market the gestures, I guess. But when it comes down to it, you can market time shift, you can market story maker, you can market documents to go, you can market the keyboard, you can market uh, no, tons no. of different things. You know, you, look you at Apple's can, commercials. They they do, they do the very things. very basics. You know, but James, time shift yeah. is not anything specific to BlackBerry. You can get that on any Android device. The only thing that you said right there, in that that short little bit was the keyboard. All of these other things are available elsewhere. You can get Docs to go on Android. You can get time shift applications on Android and iOS. They're not specific to BlackBerry. And that's part of the problem. They need specific things to market BlackBerry. 
And you, 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 saying fair, that, you saying that invalidates the fact that they're bringing BlackBerry applications to Android. It's the same exact problem, right? How are you going to market if it already exists? No. The things that they're bringing to Android are the actual BlackBerry things that they could be marketing, but they just don't appear to be. What are they bringing? They're bringing all of their productivity solutions. The only thing that may be a little bit askew there is, like, Password Keeper, which we already saw running on Android anyway, so they're bringing that. So they're taking the marketable things. I'm not saying BlackBerry 10 doesn't have anything marketable. I'm saying that the things that they could go to market with and market these are, are pretty slim in terms of differentiation from everything else that is actually out there. You know, like the hub, they're effectively bringing hub to Android, which is one of the marketable things for BlackBerry 10. They're bringing the productivity solutions over to Android, which is one of the marketable things on BlackBerry 10. But the other things, like like you said, time shift and docs to go and stuff like that, you can't you can't even market BBM anymore on BlackBerry 10 because it's available everywhere else. Yeah. And to be fair, I'm not I'm not discrediting what you're saying. To for people to feel absolutely alienated, I get that. I totally understand it. People should feel alienated, especially if you were one of the ones that was diehard BlackBerry, and you basically went out there and said they'll never go Android or anything like that. You should probably feel a little bit alienated, and I respect that. But again, it goes back to like this is what BlackBerry has come up with. These are the solutions that they're offering, and these are the things that we have. Like, you either embrace it and accept the fact that BlackBerry is going to survive, at least at this point in time, or you kind of, like, move on, you know? These are these are the options that, that, that we're presented with. And I don't know. It just seems like, to me, that going Android may not, may not necessarily be their best solution. It may not be the best move, but it's one that had to be made. They had to make some sort of move. They could not continue to rely on BlackBerry 10 because BlackBerry 10 was not necessarily doing what they wanted it to do. Alex knows, and you know, that BlackBerry 10 devices necessarily weren't selling to the capacity that John Chen wanted. So this is pretty much one of the moves that they could make. Go Android, see how it pans out, and, you know, they live on for another day. If it doesn't work out, then... They're gonna they're gonna have to find something else. They're gonna have to go back to the drawing board and see what they come up with. But I don't I don't think we should downplay it. Like I, I totally respect the opinions of people who are upset about it, and I get it. But you know, BlackBerry, this is one of the solutions that they had. This is what they come up with. And like I said, you either you either have to roll with it, or you just move on. And you could just stick with the your passport as long as you can and just see what's going on. I hope maybe they'll continue and, and build on BlackBerry 10. Um, I, like, honestly, if I had a passport right now and I can use it on Verizon, then I might be totally happy with my device. I've had my Z30 for what seems like, you know, a decade right. now, and I just want something new. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I, I just need something new, and I don't feel like changing carriers just to get a passport. And at this point, you know... I, I do want to just give the Venice a, a solid try and give Android a shot. Um, and I think BlackBerry will bring the productivity there that I fell in love with BlackBerry because of their messaging and productivity. And, I, and I'm hoping, I'm really hoping they can do that with Android. Maybe they fail with it. I don't know. 
I just want to give it a shot, though, and I'm not writing it off yet. And I think it's what they had to do from a business perspective. I mean, yeah. I, I am too a shareholder as well. Like, it's I love BlackBerry, but you know, I got to think from a business standpoint as well. I'm to I'm torn on the whole productivity side of things. I mean. I know people who are very, very productive on note devices with the pen and with all that TouchWiz has to offer in terms of software enhancements. It's the little things, right? I can be productive watching TV because I can use my Samsung <laughs> remote. You know, it, it, it's, it's little things that make an ecosystem that is valuable. And BlackBerry was getting to a place where I feel like they were starting to look at that ecosystem a little bit more broadly and start attacking it. Like, if this Android device doesn't have Blend... I can't, I'm not going there, you know? I, I cannot make it a daily driver if it doesn't at least bring me to the table stakes that BlackBerry 10 has, with all of its lim limitations, of course. But f for me, and I think for a lot of users out there, I would like to see at least a BlackBerry 10 variant of this device. For me, for me personally, I think BlackBerry 10 is more suited for this type of hardware than Android is. It still feels like they slapped Android onto it for yeah. me, you know? And, and like the the little shortcuts and the small refinements that they do have that are BlackBerry flavored, I, I think are, are such a small piece of the overall picture for what's really going to be delivered on this type of device. I, I don't I even really I, like Android. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't even really like Android because, as Alex pointed out, in, in terms of, you know, especially that Pocket Now post where where Michael uh, laid it out and said that he's bored. That's pretty much my feeling on Android. Like, I can pick up an Android device, and essentially they're all the same, you know? Like, I don't even really like Android in terms of, like, the usability or anything like that, but I'm still willing to go ahead and give this Venice a try because of the fact that I know that they put some little BlackBerry 10 touches into it, and because the hardware is, quite honestly, just, it's pretty amazing, and yeah. it looks awesome, and... It's refreshing, and there is a difference there uh, to what they bring to the Android ecosystem. But, you know, I don't know. It's one of those things we'll have to wait and see. Who knows? Maybe maybe, maybe I'll end up getting this device and retracting every damn nice thing I said about it and all of a sudden start wishing that I had it on BlackBerry 10 again. <laughs> That's not exactly beyond the realm of possibility. I've said a lot of things before where I had to go ahead and, and, and take a step back and be like, nah, I didn't actually mean to say that at that point in time. Um, you know, I, I, quite honestly, I wish that there was a BlackBerry 10 variant as well, so that it, at least, I wish there was at least a sign of one, so that people wouldn't be so upset about the whole situation. If there was one out there, people actually had the choice. You know, you can either go with BlackBerry 10 or you can go with you know, Android at this point in time. I think that would be ideal. And that goes back to when we first started hearing about the device. You know, everybody at that point in time on the podcast wanted the option to be able to go ahead and have it. You know, we were we were contemplating whether or not we would actually buy the Android version or buy the BlackBerry 10 version, but I don't know. So for, for, for me, for you guys, we're going to close this out here. I want to start with Mr. Krevling. He's been sitting on sidelines. I feel like he's been biting his tongue at half of what we've been saying. I don't know what I've been saying. But is, is this for you going to be something that is going to change your opinion, I guess? I guess that's the question for you. Is, is this something that you have two devices now. Will this be your one device? Is it going to satisfy you 
for, for what you've seen so far? I mean, obviously without having a hands-on or anything like that. Just from what you've seen in terms of the video, is that something that would meet your lifestyle and your needs? Hardware, yes. I, I, I do believe it was. Until I actually see it in my hand, because the most, to me, the most important feature that was not shown was the hub. Yeah. That's the one reason why I carry my passport is because I can my communication is excellent on there. I don't even use email on my note because it is I mean, I, I think Alex wrote up a post a while back on email clients on Android and they're a lot of them are just awful compared yeah. to the hub. If they get that right, then yes, I will be on a Venice most likely. If I can get my the same stuff that I'm doing now on the passport and get that on the Venice and be able to crank out emails, crank out text messages, whatever messaging I, I want to use, you know, that avenue, then yes, that will probably be my device. But we'll have to see it. We'll have to see it in action. And hopefully we'll see it some sometime soon. Praying. Praying within the next month, for real. Uh, within the next month and a day, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Blaze, what about you, man? What's going to actually make this your, your daily driver? Like, what's it going to take? Well, I agree with Chris. The hub, if the hub works as good as what it does on BlackBerry 10, then I think that I would be more likely to go ahead and adopt it and and basically use it as my, as my own device at that point in time. Um, if they fail on the hub and they don't offer at least the same base level, and uh, to exactly what you said, if they can't offer me the exact same experience with Blend or anything like that on there, then that's that's going to ruin it for me. So in order to get me on onto Venice and actually possibly even liking Android, they're going to have to nail the hub. And to be fair, nailing the hub probably isn't that much of a big deal because of the fact that the hub still is kind of sketchy. Or, sorry, Blend is still kind of sketchy anyways. So they're going to have to nail the hub and they're going to have to make Blend work. If they can make Blend work and nail the hub, I'm pretty much alright with it. Uh, but worst case scenario, then, you know, the Venice will sit on my desk and it won't be used and I will resort back to my BlackBerry Passport Silver edition, which I absolutely love. That BlackBerry Passport 2015. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what about you, man? Close us out here. What's what's going to make it a daily driver for you, aside from the fact that it would be on a carrier you actually support? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's obviously, like, a huge part of it, but I think this would be a device that I'd consider switching. Um, you know, even the Passport would have been... Uh, one of the phones that I would have considered switching, but it was just at a time where my entire family plan wasn't at that point yet. Um, but realistically, I think that the one thing that's holding me back, again, just exactly what you guys said, it's the hub, getting it right, getting communication right, getting productivity right. If they can do that, then I will give Android a shot. Um, I've set up my, my uh, grandparents' phone who runs Android, and I was bored of it after quite some time, just playing with it for even like an hour. I was kind of bored of it. I miss BlackBerry 10. So I, they're going to definitely have to do a lot to make me you know, want to use it. But the phone, they got, they got that right. The phone looks so phenomenal, and I'm excited for it. So, again, just hope they get messaging right. The hub, that's all. 
it's funny. None of you guys said apps, which is which or, is the whole whole well, reason behind the move, you know? Okay, I didn't want because I didn't. I totally a big part of it is apps. <laughs> I I rely so heavily on you know Slack and things like that, and they don't run. Slack does not run very well on my Z30. Um, well, it runs it runs on the passport, okay, but you still don't get notifications. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, apps is a big part. I just didn't want to beat a dead horse there. For me, apps personally is a big deal. I know for yeah. a lot of others it isn't. I just didn't. I just didn't want to throw that out there. I've said it enough. Everybody knows that apps is a problem, and that goes back to the marketing that me yeah. and James got so heated over. <laughs> Which I, I find it more funny that none of us said security. I thought that's what you were going to say, James. Not apps. None of us said anything about security. I, have, I haven't said my reason yet. Okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, that, al that also leans towards like what John Chen said about you know. Consumers just care about privacy. They don't actually care about private uh, security. And it's, yeah. you know, it's true for the most part. I mean, yeah, there are people out there who do care about security, as we very well know from all the blog posts and forum posts and everything else. But it's, it's you know, it's not one of those things that's on the mass minds of everybody. So privacy, however, is different. Go ahead, James. <laughs> You know, privacy is one of those things that people, that's one of the one things like you hope you never have to deal with when using a mobile device, right? Your privacy being breached or anything like that. With, with BlackBerry 10, I think from, from the jump, we, you know, we all, we all laughed at Torsten Hines for making like ludicrous comments sometimes, right? Like about tablets being dead and, and the like, right? We all laugh at Torsten Hines. But I think when he talked about BB10 and, and its ability to really talk to endpoints and be the endpoint OS, for these different verticals, be it an automobile, be it a medical device, that's that's the long-term future I saw for BlackBerry 10, and I was I was excited to be a part of its launch and continue that evolution with it. And right now, obviously, it's just kind of like fallen off, right? And I think if we can find BlackBerry 10s, all of its potential to just a smartphone, we don't do service to what QNX is and has been for the last 30 years in the embedded e ecosystems out there. I don't think that a successful Android device needs to be the Behringer of death for BlackBerry 10. I think the two have a unique value proposition. It's about outlining that to your users and really vocalizing to them why this device exists and how it is different. Right now, all you're giving me is a different form factor. If you are going to take my BlackBerry 10 experience and just put it on a different OS, I could just stick with what I have, which is already good, right? Because those two percent of apps really don't matter to me personally. A long-term pathway, I really think, for BlackBerry 10 is to continue focusing on that embedded mobile space and build out some hardware, you know, additives there. Earlier this year, in January, they launched something called the HBox, which is this QNX Neutrino-powered medical device that basically takes a bunch of different medical devices and channels that in, that data and traffic for you to your hospital, to your 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 caregiver. To, to the, your different medical professionals as well. That is where BlackBerry 10 has the potential to be valuable. I really don't think BlackBerry 10 ever was going to find any success in the consumer market. And really, I don't think this device is a consumer device, the slider. Yeah, it will be available for consumers to purchase. The, the general interested consumers may go out and purchase it, but I still feel like it's very much an enterprise device to, to address people like Mr. Krevling who are carrying two devices because they need that other OS to do that one or two things they got to do. If it is that enterprise focus, I think I can respect it there. But if they come out saying, you know, this is the new, the brand new, the awesome, and 
and, and just throw BlackBerry 10 under the rug, I, I really feel like they're going to do a disservice to, to a lot of people out there. For me to get the Venice, it, it has to at least be BlackBerry 10 parity in terms of the service experience and things like that. you gotta, you got to do better than what you already have, not do the same. I don't need more of the same. That's what Android is, and that's why we're not on Android. That's why we all use BlackBerry, right? <laughs> they got to keep that unique factor alive and in, in going with the brand, or else you know, BlackBerry's going to fall off to be just another HTC that no one cares about, and, and I don't want that to happen. But I think you said something interesting there along the lines of the HBox and BlackBerry 10. But realistically, there's no reason that BlackBerry 10 genuinely has to be there. You know what I mean? Like BlackBerry yes, 10, yeah, you could you could you can say that it's an endpoint. But at the end of the day, if you remove BlackBerry 10 from the equation, of everything that BlackBerry is doing at this point with QNX under consideration. There's nothing, there's, there's nothing, like nothing would fall to pieces if you remove BlackBerry 10 from the equation. You know what I mean? Definitely. And, and, like, and, and, all, of, and all, of, all of the work that QNX is doing in these verticals doesn't rely on BlackBerry 10. It's good to have because of the security aspect and everything like that, that, you know, that those are the endpoints that John Chan and even Thorsten Heinz were talking about to be able to go ahead and have that as an endpoint. But it, it you can remove it. it. It's not required. It's good to have, but it's not a requirement. Which, I don't know, it, that just seems like an interesting point because we have thus far relied on relaying the information that BlackBerry 10 is an endpoint for all of these things and, you know, QNX integration and... Internet of Things and all of that, but again, you can remove it. It doesn't need to actually be there. I don't know. I don't dis. I don't disagree. I, I would agree that BlackBerry 10 is. But I mean, like in an article I just did, I asked. I say, debrand it. Take what you know about BlackBerry 10. Remove the hub. Remove the app icons, the settings screens, and what are you left with? You're left with QNX, and I think that. That QNX mobile platform that has been built to work on chipsets that are 1.5 gigahertz and, and quad core that has a value for the future. But again, it, is is it going to be called BlackBerry 10? Probably not. But I think that vertical, what they've built with BlackBerry 10, underneath yeah. the UI and, and all that stuff, has a lot of value. And, and yeah, I'm interested to see what, what John Chen can do to bring the neutrino going forward. You, they got to revitalize the hardware business. Period. Point blank. We all agree with that. I just don't necessarily think that Andrew's going to revitalize it so much as offer it a lifeline. And I think that's what frustrates me as a BlackBerry 10 user. I want them to build on BlackBerry 10, not throw a lifeline out to another OS to, to supplement your existence in, in the nutrition the business needs. But we will talk on more of this in another past. We're, we're going way too long on this one. As <laughs> It got quite heated. It got quite heated. I liked it's it. Deep, and deep, man. Deep. Deep. <laughs> It was definitely some fire. I, I, we 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 were gonna we're gonna follow this up with a lot more talk on this as the device comes to a head. We are expecting it in about a month's time, maybe end of November, if not maybe early November. I would love it before Veterans Day personally, but probably gonna be uh let me get goat fat and happy on turkey, and then I'll get my slider device out <laughs> after Thanksgiving. Uh, if if we look at it right now, guys. We don't have too much that we don't know about the device, right? Like we we don't know the battery, we don't know 
minuscule things about it. Like, we don't know what we don't know we don't know about the device at this point, right? <laughs> so we've, we've seen so much, and I, and I hate that people get frustrated from what they're seeing, right? They take it at face value and, like, they think that's it, like, with no explanation. But they're very likely going to have some kind of clear messaging when this device comes to a head. And I can I, I'm continue uh, being flabbergasted by the support the viewers have for us sticking on for these hour-long casts as we, we rant away on our emotionally tied feelings to these devices. But uh, I always love having Chris. Mr. Krevling, thank you for coming on. Alex as well. It's always a blast to be able to discuss this with you guys and decompress on the frivolity of all this news as it builds up, you know? Yeah. For sure. So I, just I, find, I just find it amazing how, like, how so many different people have so many different opinions about it. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit frustrating at times when people are, like, watching this video and leaving comments that it, you know, it's fake. Like, how, <laughs> how did you yeah. go about managing this whole fake video? But... At the same time, it's really interesting and really, really enthusiastic of, of the community to be able to go ahead and, and discuss these things openly and stuff. I really, really enjoy that, even even when it's frustrating. But I'm <laughs> shocked. They did it in Adobe Premiere. I could do the same thing. <laughs> I want to I give a really, really big hat tip over to one of our Patreon supporters. He's actually on air with us now, Mr. Chris. We've got to get that shirt out to you. As, as soon as the month closes, we're going to put an order in for some shirts and, and really start stocking for our Patreon campaign. If you haven't heard about the Patreon campaign, it's really just an awesome way to get exclusive content. What, what you guys don't know, those watching, is this cast ends... But we're going to continue to BS and continue talking afterwards. <laughs> if you are one of our Patreon supporters and, and you do a small donation to us, at any interval you choose, you get access to a lot of exclusive content. And there's different tiers that you can subscribe. Uh, but I do have a question from one of our Patreon uh, contributors, Mr. Mike Robinson, that I want to close this cast with. It was a really good question, too, which is, which is what I love. I love when our fans get to ask really good questions to us. Here's the question, and I'm going to pose it out to you guys to see what you think. Is there a technology we don't yet have on BlackBerry? I don't mean like an app or something niche or useless or even a pen or pencil, you know, a jab at the Apple pencil. <laughs> but is there something along the lines of NFC or HDMI that we do not yet currently have on our BlackBerry devices? So, I thought it was an awesome question, right? Because a lot of what we have on BlackBerry 10 is feature parity. We have Miracast, we have HDMI out, we have Slim 4, we have NFC, we have Wi-Fi Direct. What are we really lacking with BlackBerry 10 from a non-app perspective? Hardware-wise, what do you guys think? I mean, I'll I'll jump in just first. I'm like I'm a big proponent right now of uh, USB U Type C. USB. I'm I'm yeah. really you know I was a little bit disappointed to hear that the Venice isn't going to have that. Um, but yeah, it's it, personally that's that's the only thing I'm sticking with. Um, it's have quick charge. Yes, thank quick you. Charge. That was that 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 quick charge was another one of the big things. The more I look into some Android devices. I'm a little bit turned off that that you know quick charge hasn't existed in any form. Yeah. Great hardware additives that would enhance our, our BlackBerry experience. What about you, Mr. Blaze? Uh, any hardware limitation that you I know I know you I know you wish that the Leap had NFC. I, I get well, that. Well, yeah. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, I think Alex hit the hit the nail on the head for me with USB-C. I think that would be be something 
to go ahead and include it. It's honestly, it's not necessarily a requirement at this point in time because we're just starting to see it roll out. However, it is one of those things that people are starting to want to see, and I think um, the sooner that BlackBerry could go ahead and add that to a device, the better, because you know that creates creates mass appeal, that gets people talking. So. Definitely. Yeah. I'm I'm with Mr. Kreveling. I need some quick charge. My passport takes forever to charge. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Three hours on the charger. The interesting yeah, thing. Sorry. Go ahead. The interesting thing about it is that the uh, Snapdragon 808 actually supports it. So whether or not it actually exists in BlackBerry uh, on the Venice is entirely another question. But the support is directly built into the Snapdragon 808, so it could be there, and we just very well don't know it as of yet. The only other thing in terms of a hardware additive or something that I would like is the ability to have, like, a mute button on the left-hand side. Oh, yes. Some, some kind of noti- notification That's, toggle, yeah. like a, a, a hardware notification toggle. I think it would be really helpful. Sometimes I don't want to swipe up, swipe down. Thank you. Hit yes. the silence. It's just a little bit cumbersome, especially if I'm in it in, in a place where... I really don't want to have my phone out. I, I want to be able to like do it from my pocket without pulling it out and and, and keep in the moment wherever I am. So uh, maybe that hardware additive would be something else. But aside from that, there's not much. BlackBerry's done a really good job spec-wise of keeping up to date with most everything. A lot of the like USB-C rapid charging that's only really becoming prevalent on devices that are launching this year. And because yeah. BlackBerry is this is going to be their first flagship of the year. Just so happens it launches at the end of the year. <laughs> that, <laughs> that they're they're pretty much up to snuff with that. So that was a contribution from one of our Patreon uh, supporters, Mr. Mike Robinson. Appreciate that your support for the the podcast, support for what we do, and as well asking an awesome question. It wasn't one uh, that we beat the dead horse on already, so that's always no. good. <laughs> Made us think. Just a little bit, just a little bit, Alex. We don't want to overbear you. It's late. <laughs> Anyway, guys. Forget Alex. What about me? <laughs> Please, I'm, sure, I'm sure you napped right before this. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can't even lie. I literally just woke up and popped on here. <laughs> anyway, guys, let's get this. Let's get this Berry Flow after show going. We'll say goodbye to those live viewers right now. Thank you so much for watching. We will see you next week. Later. See ya. Peace. Out. Peace. I'm loading Parrot so we can record this thing. Anyway, peace out.